Hey everybody, welcome to episode 281 of the Running Rogue podcast. This is your host, Chris McClung, coming to you from a warm but beautiful day in Austin, Texas. I hope all is well with all of you, and I'm excited to jump right into my main topic today. We're going to be talking about pre-gaming and post-gaming your runs pre-gaming and post-gaming your runs, how to make sure that you're not only prepped and ready to go do your big runs and workouts, but also that you come off of those runs and you do the things you need to do to get recovered from them so that you can go do it again another day. So that's what we're going to be covering today. I'm going to be breaking down the key pieces of each one of those areas and talking about how do you fuel, hydrate, sleep, move, and prepare your mental game across both of those two time frames. The pre-game, before the run, and the post-game. So we're going to jump right into it today. Before we get into the details of how to effectively pre-game and post-game, I want to talk a little bit about the importance of it, and then also talk about the balance side of it, because I know that sometimes it's not fun to be perfect on every element of your planning and preparation. And so I'm going to talk about how to balance that at least in your head as well. So first, why is it important? Well, if you're prioritizing a goal, then there's no doubt that you can get more out of your runs and workouts if you are going into those workouts prepared. Now, there's an arc of preparation to that. There's a trajectory that you need to be on in order to make sure that you go in at a baseline level ready to go do a run. But then obviously there's some things you can do in that immediate 24 to 48 hour period to make sure that you are most ready. So we're going to be talking about those things because it will affect the outcome of your run and how you feel. And by the way, if you're struggling with how you feel on runs, then this is a checklist of things that you're going to going to want to go to to say, hey, am I doing all the right things here to make sure that I go into these runs prepared? So that's the first part. Second part, in terms of the aftermath, after a run, we want to make sure that we are kick-starting our recovery process. And so when you do long runs, when you do workouts, obviously your body is torn down a little bit so that it can build back stronger And you need to make sure that you're doing the best you can in the next 24 hours after those runs to make sure that you're giving it what it needs to kickstart recovery so that you can then two or three days later go back and do another big run or workout. So we're going to talk about what that looks like as well. The other thing to note on the post-run side is that I think there is an under- appreciated window of time after the big long runs and big workouts that we're perhaps not paying the attention that it needs. And it's that initial 90 minutes after those runs when your body is most primed and ready to accept its recovery fueling. If you're not giving your body what it needs in that window, then you're not only sub-optimizing recovery, but you're also preventing yourself from the potential upside because that's the window of time when your body is most able to absorb those nutrients and can process and and fuel it, store it better. So that's a window that we're 
currently, for the most part, I think sub-optimizing and it's a window to prioritize. The other part of that window of time is that there is science now that links under fueling in that immediate aftermath of those big long runs and quality workouts. There's science that links under fueling in that window to overtraining syndrome and injury. So if we're not actually refueling properly post big run or workout, then we're leaving ourselves susceptible to not only overtraining type syndromes, but also injury. So we want to make sure we're prioritizing that. And I'll talk about that here in a second. So this is important because it matters. It matters for performance. It matters for your ability to bounce from one hard effort to another and do it effectively and not get run down. So if you're feeling run down, then one of these elements in here could be a potential solution for you. Otherwise, it's something to simply think about, prioritize, and make sure that as you tweak around the margins of your training that you're doing all of the little things well as well. Now, when I talk about all of that, I think sometimes as a coach, I have athletes that look back at me and say, look, Chris, I'm not a professional athlete. I can't worry about this stuff 24-7. I've got a life. I've got family, kids, friends, whoever is pulling at your time, and I don't want to be a robot. I don't want to do all the little things. That isn't any fun. So I'll tell you this. One, if you want to do all the little things, you should do all the little things because it will make a difference. Two, a lot of these things aren't additive to your time or they're not taking away more time. They should be things that could be easily integrated into your routine in a way that's not intrusive. And then lastly, the other part here is that it's all about balance and choices. We have we make decisions every day about where we want to invest our time and energy and ultimately you may not be perfect on all of these things every single week and that's okay. It's not that's not the intention here is to turn you into a robot who's always doing everything right and everything perfectly. The intention is to inform you so that you can then make your own decisions and choices about how to balance things. Some of these things may not fit into your routine or lifestyle and that's okay. Prioritize some of the other things. Or maybe at times you want to be a little bit more rigorous than others. And there's a particular window of time that I've talked about before in this podcast, that six to eight week period out from your big race day, when you want to be a little bit more dialed in and tuned into these things. So that's a window of time where maybe you want to check all the boxes on the list. And then outside of that window, you're checking fewer boxes on the list because you're not quite in that race specific sharpening mode. And so you can have the information and then make your own informed decisions and choices and then also have it available to you if you are, for whatever reason, feeling more beat up than normal, more run down after runs, if you have lingering fatigue that might carry forward through several runs or across a couple of weeks, then this becomes a checklist that you can look to to say, hey, am I doing everything I can to make sure I'm getting the most out of these runs so that I'm not digging a hole for myself? So that's the way you should think about it. Don't think about it as you have to be a robot. You have to be perfect. You have to always do everything right. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is this is a menu of things that are going to make a difference. And you can then make decisions about how to prioritize those as your training progresses. And I think in particular, you want to prioritize 
them more in that window of time right before your big race. So let's dive in. We're going to talk pregame first, then postgame. And again, in the context of this discussion, I'm talking primarily about pregaming and postgaming those big runs or workouts, primarily those long runs, primarily those quality workouts, not necessarily talking about those in-between shorter, easy runs that are just the glue that keeps everything flowing. I'll reference those, but for the most part, we're talking about how do you pregame and postgame recover from those big efforts. So let's break it down, and I'm going to break down each one into five discussion categories. We're going to talk fueling, hydration, sleep, movement, and the mental side. So fueling, hydration, sleep, movement, and the mental side. Five categories across both of those areas of priority. Pre-game first, though. So let's talk about pre-gaming. And we're going to start by talking about fueling on both, and we'll go through the same order in each of these categories. But in pre-gaming, let's talk about fueling first. Everybody always asks me, as a coach, should I be carbo-loading before my long runs? And the answer is no, actually. We'll talk about carb-loading, but actually in a context you may not have considered it. But in this case, pre-gaming, before a big long run or before a big workout, you do not need to worry about carbo-loading. What you need to be worried about is simply eating normal amounts of food that is in your normal routine that you know won't mess with your stomach. Primarily, what we're thinking about in those pre-game meals that night before dinner, that breakfast the morning of, perhaps before your long run or your speed workout, we want you to just think about eating normal amounts of food that fit into your routine already that you know won't mess with your stomach. That's it. Super simple. You don't have to think about doing more or eating certain types of food or hitting getting a big carb hit the night before if that's not inside your normal routine. Just simply eat normal foods in normal quantities that you know won't mess with your stomach. It's as easy as that in the pregame scenario. That's dinner the night before. That's a small breakfast the morning of. And that's it. Really simple. Don't overthink it more than that. What I think is actually more important than fueling in the pregame category here is actually hydration. Actually hydration, especially in these summer months, but really that's true Year-round, you want to make sure that you're well hydrated going into your runs and workouts in this window of time and then year-round, which means that you want to be thinking about your daily hydration all the time, and it should be a part of your routine. In the summer months, I've talked about it before, but I highly recommend getting not only plenty of fluid, but also plenty of electrolytes. I personally do twice daily servings of electrolytes, one in the morning, one in the afternoon during these summer training days, because I know that's going to help me stay hydrated so that when I go into my runs, I'm not at a deficit. Because if you go in with a deficit, there is no chance to actually catch up during the run. So make sure you're well hydrated with electrolytes. If it's a Friday before a Saturday long run, and I've got a long hard effort on that next day, then I might amp up that hydration just a little bit, get an extra serving of electrolytes, perhaps a little bit more fluid overall, just to make sure that I am ready and topped off 
from a hydration standpoint so that I'm going in at a baseline that's going to allow me to feel good throughout the run. If you go in at a deficit, again, you're not going to be able to actually catch up in run. And oftentimes, if you go in well taken care of from a hydration standpoint, then you can make some mistakes during the run, perhaps, perhaps underdo it a little bit on the run itself. Not that you should, but if you make that mistake, you can make a little bit of hydration mistakes in the run and not feel it. Versus if you go in depleted, there's no way you can catch up. There is no doubt in my mind, especially on a warm summer day, that you're going to struggle if you go into a run or workout without the hydration needs taken care of. So be mindful of that. Hydration, I think, is more important actually than fueling in this pregame time window. Related to that, I've got to talk about alcohol because it does affect you. And I, I spent almost two years wearing my aura ring and it was sad to me as someone who likes to occasionally enjoy, enjoy a drink. It was sad to me how much even one glass of wine might affect my vitals and my sleep quality when I have alcohol. And so it got me into a place where I had to make decisions. And that didn't mean for me that I decided to abstain at all. I still like to enjoy a glass of wine here and there. But it did mean that I made choices, conscious choices about when I might enjoy those glasses of wine. And for me, that meant adjusting my routine so that I decided not to drink night the night before quality workouts or before long runs. So Friday night for my Saturday long runs or Monday night for my often Tuesday quality workouts, I'm abstaining from alcohol on those days because I know that it, alcohol, affects my sleep, affects my heart rate, affects my HRV, which then doesn't put me in a good position to go get a good workout in or long run in the next day. So that's just something to be mindful of. Again, it doesn't mean you have to be perfect on that and always abstain, but for me, I have decided to protect those windows of time in this pre-gaming mode before my big runs and quality workouts from alcohol because it makes me feel better, gives me a better chance to go get it done on the next day. So that's something important to note from an alcohol standpoint, and you'll have to make your own choices and decisions about what to do with that type of information, but it does affect you. So hydration, very, very important. Make sure you're topped off well with electrolytes before you go to bed the night before that long run or quality workout. Okay, let's talk about sleep. We obviously know sleep is important, I know it's hard to get in that seven to eight hours that is recommended for adults, but obviously sleep is important the night before big long runs or workouts. And it's important to note that even 30 minutes can make a big difference in how the run goes the next day. And I know it's hard because sometimes we might be waking up really early to go for our long runs, especially on a hot summer day. But that just means that you need to find little windows of time that you can add maybe 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes here or there. And that could look simply like making sure that you're ready to walk out the door quickly in the morning by laying out your outfit the night before, putting your shoes right there, setting your keys by the door, getting your water bottle already prepped and ready if that's 
what you're using and taking to carry with you on the run. So just make sure that before you go to bed the night before, you've got everything lined out so that you can be efficient. Let that alarm go as far and long as possible so that you can then get up, get ready quickly and get out the door to go for your run or to go meet someone for your run. So prioritize sleep. That's pretty obvious. But I want to remind you that sleep is our number one recovery tool. Category I'm going to talk about second movement or next is movement, which is actually our number two recovery tool. It's not necessarily any whiz bang recovery thing that you've heard and talked about, but it's just the basic sleep and movement. So sleeping one of them, that's one to obviously prioritize in that pre-game period of time. Get a little bit of extra sleep. Do what you need to to be efficient out the door that next morning. So that's sleep. Movement. Let's talk about movement. I like to make sure that the day before your long run or quality workout, you get some light, easy movement. If that's a running day, that could come in the form of an easy, easy run. If that's not a running day for you, then it could come in the form of some other type of movement or mobility work. So that might look like an easy walk or stroll the day before. It could look like some time on the foam roller, helping to mobilize those muscles. It could look like doing some basic mobility exercises, perhaps that you've learned through the years that help keep you healthy, sort of prehab type exercises. But I want to make sure that again, your body is primed and ready for the next day. And We actually get primed by not sitting still and doing nothing, but rather by doing gentle, easy movement, whatever that might look like for you. Again, could be an easy run, could be a simple walk, could be time on the foam roller, could be doing some basic mobility exercises, whatever it is, move a little bit to get that blood flowing so that you're primed and ready for the next day's speed or long run. Finally, the mental category. I think oftentimes if we're having a big race or you might have a big workout that scares you on your schedule, those are the days that we naturally think about pre-gaming from a mental perspective. But we don't think about it sometimes on those just basic long runs or those bread and butter quality workouts. But I want you to just spend a little bit of time getting your mind right for those efforts. And it could could look like a few different things. One is simply making sure you know what you got to do the next day. Take a little bit of time that day before, read through the information, whether you're following a schedule or you have a coach who sends it out or you've got it written down in some training log. Just make sure you take a little bit of time just to know what's on the agenda, whether that's an easy long run, a certain type of quality workout, what are the paces, what are the intervals, what are the rest segments so that you don't have to spend any extra energy the day of thinking through that stuff. You already have it in the back of your mind or you've written it down where you need to write it down as a reminder. Just do that little bit of homework to make sure that you're not burning extra energy on the day of just trying to figure out what you have to do. Also, when it comes from a mental standpoint, do what you need to do from a mental standpoint to prime yourself for whatever might be coming. If it's a difficult speed workout, then think about the mental tools just like you would for race day. Think about those mental tools that you're going to bring into that workout in order to help you 
effectively execute on that workout. So that could be thinking about a mantra for the workout that's going to help you get through it. Could be thinking about other tactics like pairing up with a friend who's going to help you get through it from a pacing standpoint. Could be thinking about the counting exercise that sometimes I do. I've been using that one a ton recently in some of my workouts. It's just counting to 30 over and over again because that's a way to dissociate from the pain I might be feeling on these warm summer days in Austin in a tough workout. So think about the mental tools you're going to bring to bear for that workout or for that long run and just be ready. Could be music. It could be prepping that playlist so that you've got it primed and it's going to get you the songs you need when it when the going might get tough on that next day. So just make sure you're spending that a little extra time prepping the mental side. Another thing for some of you, it could be about calming the mind instead of instead of having your mind going in a hundred directions with anxiety or worry or fears about how the, the workout might go. Maybe it's about calming the mind and simply doing some meditation in order to focus on your breathing, clear the mind, and then get yourself in the right headspace, neutral headspace to go tackle that next day. So just don't neglect that part. When we practice our mental game, on workouts in training, then that only makes our mental game stronger when it comes to race day when it counts. So don't neglect that part. Practice it and do it in these pregame windows before the big days in training. So there you go. That's our pregame. Don't worry about extra fuel. Get normal, easy to digest food that isn't going to mess with your stomach that in that window before. Hydrate well. Emphasize that piece. Get a little bit of extra sleep. Find ways to get in easy movement and then make sure your mental game is fully ready. So those are the pregame pieces. Now let's talk about the postgame. What do you do immediately after the run and in that next 24 hours to make sure that you're bouncing back from that hard effort? Again, whether it be a long run or a quality workout, what does that look like? And for this one, the fueling piece, number one, might actually be the most important because you want to make sure that within that first 60 to 90 minutes after finishing your run or workout or sooner, you want to make sure you're getting a filling balanced meal. That means carbs, fats, proteins, filling, meaning you walk away feeling like I filled filled everything up. I feel good about it. Like you're stuffed. You want to be a little bit stuffed after these long runs and workouts, which means you're not skimping on breakfast. You're making sure that within that time window, you're getting a filling balanced meal. Again, balance means carbs, fats, and proteins because the body is looking for its refueling tools to repair the cellular damage that you've done. And so it's looking for the building blocks of that, which again is carbs, fats, proteins. It's also looking to replenish your glycogen stores. So particularly after those long runs, when you burn a bunch of glycogen, your body is actually most efficient immediately after that long run or workout at at refilling those glycogen stores and can even actually fill them better after a hard effort than before. So if you want to talk about carb loading for that next 
long runner workout, it actually starts right after the last one. So when you finish that long run, when you finish that big quality workout, again, you want to have a filling balanced meal, carbs, fats, proteins that you take in within 60 to 90 minutes so that you can then not only kickstart recovery, but also rebuild those glycogen stores for that next workout. So if we want to talk about carb loading, your window is actually post-run and not pre-run for that next long run or hard workout a couple of days later. This is critical. Prioritize it, especially on those weekdays. I see people all the time who might come to my Wednesday workout here in Austin. We do a hard effort from about 5.30 to 7 on those Wednesday mornings, and then they've got to get somewhere to take the kids to school, to go to work, to get on with their life in one form or another, and they're rushing, and so they're having a quick breakfast on the go that isn't filling and that isn't balanced, and therefore they're sub-optimizing that post-workout recovery fueling. So don't do that. You, you can be on the go, but make sure it's filling and balanced. You will hear people talk about different ratios, particularly of carbs to protein in terms of the number of grams you're taking in of both. You'll hear three to one from some, four to one from others, carbs to protein. I'm less worried about that because I think it can get strange to track that too specifically. But if you just simply focus on getting a filling, balanced meal that has all the macronutrients, you're going to be just fine. So refuel, refuel well within that first 60 to 90 minutes. Second point here, hydration. Still important to get rehydrated post-run. Typically, it's hard for people to take in exactly the same amount of fluids that they're losing when in sweat on their runs. I mean, the average person my size loses about two pounds per hour. That's about 32 ounces of fluid every single hour on the run. I target replacing personally about 75% of that, 75 to 80% of that. So I'm naturally building up a deficit during that run, which isn't affecting performance. So that's okay. But that does mean that post run, I have to make sure I'm rehydrating. And so what does that look like for me? That just simply means that I'm trying to get back to going to the bathroom normally as quickly as possible post run. So I'm amping up that post run fluid intake again, also within that 60 to 90 minute window so that I can get back to not only peeing normally, but also peeing a normal color. I know you don't necessarily want to talk about urine, but it does give you an indication of hydration. And so I'm looking for that faintly yellow, nearly clear, but faintly yellow urine post run as quickly as I can get there. Often the first time I go, I won't see it like that. It'll be a little bit more yellow, but then by the time we get around to that second, that second window of going, then I've got things back to normal. But you wanted to miss, just make sure that you're hydrating well post run to get back to that normal, healthy urine color. Again, might sound gross, but it's important. And it's something that I that I look for when I'm out there. Because what's happening too is not only is the body looking for the carbs, fats, proteins to rebuild itself, it's also looking for H2O because H2O is a massive, massive piece of the equation, the chemical reactions that your cells need in order to rebuild themselves. And if you don't have the fluid you need, 
then you're not going to be able to rebuild at the cellular level the way you need to. So it's as important as that fuel intake is making sure that you're getting the hydration as well. So hydrate well post run as well to basically try to get back to peeing as normally as possible right after those runs or workouts. Third category here, sleep. Again, sleep matters before, sleep matters after. Sleep is our number one recovery tool. So if you can squeeze in or find time, particularly post long run, to get a nap after you fuel, then that's going to help kickstart recovery. I know it can be hard. I know that sometimes Saturdays get chaotic. They certainly get chaotic for me. But if I can do it, I am finding a window of time post long run particularly to squeeze in a nap. Could be 30 minutes, could be an hour. doesn't have to be much longer than that, but it will help you kickstart recovery. So if you can get a nap in, if you can't, then just try to make sure you're getting a solid eight hours of sleep that next night in order to make sure that you're kickstarting that recovery process because our body rebuilds itself most in sleep. So make sure you're prioritizing it both pre and post game. Next, let's talk about movement. Movement, still critical, still critical post quality workout, post long run. I can tell you I noticed a personal transformation in my recovery when I had to be a little bit more active chasing my kids around on Saturdays than before when I would maybe perhaps just lay on the couch and watch college football. So now my Saturdays post long run include fueling, include hydration, include usually a nap, but also include a lot of moving around to to take my kids to soccer games and do other things with them. And again, all of that's gentle movement, not stressful, allows me to walk back and forth from a parking lot to a field. And sometimes I'll even walk around the field while they're doing warmups, things like that. And it is going to only help you with that gentle, easy movement. Again, create blood flow, which promotes healing so that you can then repair the body for the next hard effort. It works after races. Some of the best marathon recovery I've experienced is actually when I go for a gentle walk in the afternoon after a marathon it also works after long runs and after quality workouts. Try to get some sort of gentle movement in the rest of that day, whether again that be a simple walk, maybe a little bit of mobility work, perhaps some foam rolling, anything that helps mobilize the muscles, create blood flow that's going to then kickstart that healing process. Movement is key. And then of course, Within the next day, you want to also make sure you're getting an active recovery run in at recovery efforts because movement equals blood flow equals healing. And you want to follow every single long run and quality workout with an active recovery run before you then get on to the next hard effort. Because if you don't, if you skip those recovery runs, then you're going to get injured. That is one of the primary reasons for injury that I see personally as a coach. It's when someone goes from a quality workout to a long run without active recovery in between, or when they go from long run to quality workout without active recovery in between. That's when people get hurt, when you're not getting that gentle, easy movement within the next day post 
those quality workouts or long runs. So make sure you get in that easy movement. It's critical. It will make you feel better. It will also, from what I've found, reduce some of that next morning soreness that you might be facing, some of that delayed onset muscle soreness that might come later. Then the last piece, the mental side, the mental side. What do we think about post-game from a mental perspective? Obviously, pre-game, it's all about preparing the mind and either priming yourself with the right mantras to be ready for the pain you could face in a workout, or it could be about stilling the mind, making your mind calm in order to make sure you ease those worries and anxieties going into those. Then what does it look like on the other side? It's obviously different, but it's not less important to make sure that you're in a good mental headspace post-run for recovery. And so I want to talk a little bit about that because there's a couple of things that I can that I see happening to people sometimes post a big run or workout. One thing is that the mind stays busy and you get into a place where you're overanalyzing what happened during the long run or the workout and particularly those long runs that had quality work in them. You might struggle getting the mind to calm down because you might be thinking back and evaluating the pieces or get stuck obsessing over your splits. I remember when I played soccer growing up, it was always hard for me when I had an evening game during the week because I would get home late typically, 9, 9.30 after those evening games, and then I wouldn't be able to sleep because my mind would be racing, thinking about every single moment of that soccer game and how I responded and what things I could have done differently. And so it was a nightmare for my sleep after those late night soccer games. I much preferred the early Saturday games when I could get them done and then certainly think about things I could do better, but then had ways to find distraction to calm my mind post-run. And so I want to make sure that post-game, you're giving yourself that same opportunity. Certainly look at your splits assess how it went, take your lessons from that, write them down if you need to in order to make it more formal, and then let it go and move on. You've got to put it behind you. It's one run or workout, and one run or workout in the grand scheme doesn't make any difference. And in particular, if you learn from that workout, it doesn't matter how it went. If it was perfectly executed, great. But if it wasn't perfectly executed, but you learned something, that you can carry forward, then that's all that matters. So make sure you give yourself that little window of time to analyze the splits, to assess how it went, to take your lessons, and then put it behind you. The next part of this is also you want to make sure that if possible, from a stress standpoint, you can minimize mental stress post-long run or workout. And just like you want to minimize mental stress going in, in some form or fashion, and if you need to meditate in order to do that, then that's great. But you also want to think about that post-run. So doing things that are easy on the mind are going to be helpful because the mind takes a lot of energy. And when it's stressed, it also affects your ability to recover. And so if you can calm the mind, if you can take the mind off of things, if you can be at peace, so to speak, then you'll actually able be able to recover 
better. So whatever that looks like, and I know it may be hard if you're running to work on a given day, but perhaps post long run, you can do the things that are going to calm your mind. And that could look differently for some people. For some people, it's, it is watching college football on a Saturday, and that's a perfect way to calm the mind. For others, it might be hanging out with friends. For some, it might be having a routine around brunch where you get to go hang out post long run with your running buddies. That puts you at peace, that puts that run behind you, and then gives you a good headspace to attack the rest of the day. It could be about doing your own meditation practice post-run. Whatever it looks like, find ways post-run to calm the mind so that you can de-stress, pull that stress level back down, and then move on to the next so that your body can kickstart its recovery process. And that's going to look a little different for everybody, but find the things for you that get you into that right calm headspace so that you can recover and get on to the next. So there you go. That's post game. Again, fueling critical in that first 60 to 90 minutes, getting a filling balanced meal, but then hydrating so that you're peeing normally again as quickly as possible. Snag a nap if you can do it. Find a way to get some gentle movement in to promote blood flow, which promotes healing, and then do what you need to do to take the lessons from the workout and then calm the mind so that your body can be most primed for recovery. Those are the things. Again, pregame, postgame, the categories look the same. The flavor looks a little bit different depending on which side of that run or workout you're on, but all of these things are going to be little ways to make sure that not only you feel best going into the runs, give yourself the best chance to execute well in training, but also then so that you recover post-run so that you can get on to the next and sustain a high level of training throughout your prep for a goal race. So there you go. Pre-game, post-game, it all matters. Does it have to be perfect all the time? No, but prioritize the things that you can. And particularly in that window right before a race, make sure you're doing the best you can to hit off, hit on all of these cylinders. So there you go. That's it. Pre-game, post-game. Those are the things to optimize. I wish you all happy pre-gaming and post-gaming in this coming week. I'm going to wrap this episode. As always, you can check us out at roguerunning.com or follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Rogue Running. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon.